Welcome to Beefmaster Banner. We're your hosts, Josh Morrison and Jared Strickland. What's going on, man? Uh, we've just been doing a little bit of traveling. I hear you. You're out, headed out to Red River. That's right. We uh, decided to come down and, and uh, stay in Fort Worth a few days before we go over to the sales. So this we'll make a, little, a little bit different on the road here. Yeah, make a little vacation of it. I think you're in the Airbnb in there with a couple different people, huh? That's right. Lessons <laughs> women and we uh and we're gonna go to the sale and enjoy a few days of vacation time before it gets gets into high season and all that too. So Yeah, that's uh that's coming fast. But be sure to speak to Jared if you're at Red River this weekend. Um I know it's just coming out just a day before it, but be sure to speak to him, let him know what you think of the podcast and if there's subjects that you want to hear or opinions you have please give them to him uh, oh yeah i definitely would uh definitely would enjoy that talking about the podcast is always fun and definitely reach out to me if you're there and, and we can discuss some topics for sure and hopefully maybe we, uh with a little help we may uh or some more folks come on there yeah there you go there you go that'll be all right um but i mean just you know you mentioned it hay season's in full swing uh, all around here is, we're trying to get enough uh enough dry days to to make some hay we're we're just about behind the eight ball yeah it's we're we're kind of in the same situation uh it's been raining and and, and cool and the grass is kind of getting mature and, and it's been a hard time getting in the field but i think looking at the forecast maybe next week it's going to shake up maybe and and get something done yeah same way here hopefully we'll get it we'll all get it knocked out and can move on to bigger and better things breeding season's in in full swing it's uh it's just a busy time it's a fun time but a busy time that's right um before we get started tonight i just want to thank our sponsors uh i want to thank emmons ranch beef masters uh for their support uh, i want to thank the southeastern beef master breeders association be sure to look out for their sale the weekend of august 26th uh we'll all be there and and uh, it's always a good time um fellowship brands food and some good cattle to see too they're gonna uh, we have a maturity every year there so be sure to come by and see it I'd like to thank Jones Beef Masters, uh, Mr. Clark. They've got their sale coming up uh, June the 24th, so it's coming pretty quick. Be sure to keep an eye out for it. Uh, another good time, good weekend to go go see good cattle. Uh, we'd like to thank CNM Ranches, uh, Chris Chick. Appreciate your support. Uh, be on the lookout for their stuff throughout the year. Uh, always got good cattle. We'd like to thank Lissy's Beef Masters. Um, they have two or three sales every year um so be sure they've got online genetic sales um live sales so be sure to be sure to give them a look we want to thank them and and last but not least the beef master endowment educational fund beef um thank you for what you're doing not only for the breed but for our podcast too we really appreciate that tonight's a little bit of a different episode since things have kind of went crazy for Jared and I both here in the last week or two, we've we're kind of just about running a little bit late, but but we're gonna make it work out. Um, we're just gonna review a few different things and and talk a little more. We had a lot of discussion off of our last episode with Robert Scott on uh body condition score, and we're gonna more more so just put our kind of our opinions on it and um just discuss it a little bit. It's a little bit different episode, but I think it'll be good. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of you know, both of us just kind of talking about what we've talked about this year, and and uh, even though we're kind of doing it because of a time crunch, it's still, I think, ho hopefully, y'all will be able to take something out of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into it, I want to just say, just come back from the committee meetings last week. That was a great time. The first time I'd ever been, um, you know, you get people from all over the nation, all different kinds of cattle. Sure. You may not agree on how you breed cattle, but I, I will tell you right now that those meetings were some of the most positive meetings that I've been in. Um, everybody had a good, you know, everybody had good attitude, good spirit of, you know, well, let's work together and let's make this breed better for everyone. And and it was good to see. So if you don't ever get to go, um, or if you've never gone before, be sure to be sure to try to go to it because you can sit in any meetings you want. You can even sit in the board of directors meetings. Um, very nice facility down at college station. Uh, the hotel, the facilities were really nice. Um, it was just a, it was a really good time. That's good to hear. I hate, I didn't get to make it. I ended up getting, getting sick right by the time we was going to go. I was planning on going and didn't get to make it, but I'm heard a lot of good things from the, from the meeting. And, uh, like Josh said, I definitely recommend you going that way. You get to see the inner workings of the breed and, and, and voice your opinion. If, and, and encourage you to, if you're interested, to be on a committee because that's that's how things get done. Uh, so uh, definitely volunteer to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can, you know, and you said voice your opinion. It's, it's pretty cool because everybody has a voice in this breed. Even if you're not on a currently on a committee, you could go in those committee meetings and they open it up to the floor. Um, Jared and I on breed improvement uh, together. And, um, you know, in that meeting, we address the floor and say, does anybody have any concerns or does anybody have any ideas? And so you've always got a voice. Don't ever think you don't in this breed. I don't know if all breeds are this way, but I'm sure glad ours, ours is. Um, but moving kind of to more into the episode, Jared, you know, we've had some, we've had probably 10 episodes so far this year, if I'm not mistaken, 10 or 11. We're getting there at least. Close yeah, to. there you go. There you go. Um, so I thought it was pretty would be pretty cool to take a minute and say what is one point that has stuck with us um from the episode so far. And and mine would be that from talking with David Hollow at the very beginning of this year, uh in January, he said the cattle markets are looking very positive for the year. And I don't think there's any slowing them down. Yeah, uh I agree with that. That's kind of a point we, you know, we talked about coming up with a point and that's kind of one of them I had in my mind too. Uh, and, and that, I guess that what sticks with me is in this business, you know, your pocketbook pretty much dictates what you do, whether you expand your herd, reduce your herd, uh, make investments on either your farm or lease or, or make more uh, more genetic decisions as far as buying things or to get better genetics. Obviously, as purebred breeders ourselves, we're always hoping to sell uh, purebred animals to other purebred breeders to improve their genetics, I guess would be one way of looking at that. And uh, with the commercial market being what it is, finally moving forward, even though even though inputs have been high for a couple of years, uh, I mean, it's always good to see some optimistic in the market, like you're talking about, you know, moving up and things like that. Because in the cattle business, hope is what keeps us going. Because uh, because a lot of times there's you have these cycles, you know, you have 
four or five down years and then maybe one or two up years. And you've got to have the hope that things are going to turn around and get better because sometimes it's tough to swallow them. But the more money that's flowing into the commercial market, especially the commercial uh, uh, breeders' hands, they're more willing to buy, upgrade their genetics, especially on bulls, which affects our sales and affects our uh, our operations, obviously, as, as purebred breeders. So I agree with you that uh, having uh, Dave Holloway talk about them, potentially the market moving up and, and staying up is definitely uh, something that stuck with me too because uh, it gives us hope that, hey, things are things are looking up. There's brighter days around the corner. And, I mean, they're here, really. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen cattle at $2 a pound. You know, it feels yeah, like, it, you know, it's it, it may have just been a few years ago, but it feels like it's been forever, yeah. and it's – it's been a decade, just about it. Uh, <laughs> one I remember, maybe 2015, since we've seen that. And also, I mean, you know, last month uh, in April, we hit a record high ever on fat cattle trade. So, I mean, that's, uh, like I said, you, you, you can't get no higher right now than a record. So, obviously, that means that that's the highest point in, in history. So, uh, the market is good. There, there's no doubt about it. And you made mention of the com commercial market. And I think it's important. For, especially for people that may not even think about it or may not know the commercial market directly affects the pure red market, whether you would know that or not, because I mean, if, if the commercial cattle aren't selling, they're not going to go try, like you said, to upgrade the herd. So that kind of bottles us, you know, gives us, I guess, more so bottlenecks and trying to trying to improve people's, you know, herds. So when the cattle market's down, it hurts us. So it's great to see the optimism from your, you know, your small, very small breeders all the way to the, to the large commercial guys, you know, out in the Midwest. And, you know, it, it's just nice to see some optimism. Oh yeah. Uh, you make a brand good point. I mean, yeah, our, we're, we're directly tied to the commercial market, uh, whether people like it or not. Uh, that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, and like I said, the, the better they're doing, the better we're probably going to do too. Yeah, I agree. So what was one point you took away so far this year? Well, I hate to be an extension agent on it, but the point <laughs> I wanted to talk about is uh, is going back a couple episodes about high quality. And uh, the reason that is, in my opinion, you know, I, I get to I get to I get to see successful operators and some that are not so successful that need help. And uh, with with what I do and with my job every day. And I, I think it's really important. I mean, uh, I know we're we're talking about purebred cattle here on this a lot and genetics is important. Everybody loves to go put two genetics together and, and, and see what you get. I mean, I, that's my, that's why I'm drawn to this business. You know, I mean, that's, that's the game of it is to see what you can make and how good they can be and, uh, and do that. But the thing about it is, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more later because we, we wanted to bring it up about body condition scoring and things like that. But to be successful, in the cattle business, you have to be able to take care of them. They have to be able to grow. They have to be able to breed. And also, if you want to sell them to somebody for any type of money, they have to be in pretty good shape, right? We Absolutely. all have sales. You go to the sales, the ones that come in, and I know sometimes you can't help it if it's been dry out, things like that. That's not what I'm getting at. Uh, but, uh, you know, you'll see the thinner cows, or cattle, heifers, but whatever you want to call it, they tend to be at the lower end of the sale as far as price-wise. So in the extension world, I always tell folks, to cattle producers, the most efficient you can be is when 
you're having uh, if you're not having to feed, if, as long as you got grass grazed, that's the most efficient you can be. But your next best way to be efficient is to put up high quality feed stuff at the most efficient cost that you can. So that's why I think your hay quality, getting in there, time, getting the timing right. And, that, and then and I guess it's on my mind because it's this time of year because I see a lot of grass standing out there that's getting over mature. And you already know that you're, you're just like ourselves. I got some standing out there right now that needs to be cut you know, a week ago, but, and you, sometimes you can't help that, but you need to plan for it. I already know my hay may not be as good, so I need to go ahead and be thinking about maybe getting some supplementation, things like that. But I guess my, my take, my thing is for folks to put that in your mind because, and again, another thing while we're talking about commercial market, your pocketbook is important. Well, being efficient in the hay field or having Winter feed stuff as efficient as can affects your pocketbook as well, and it also affects the quality. Like if you've got a fall breeding herd, uh, cabin herd or whatever, uh, high quality is because going to come down to whether you get them bred or not. I mean that's just that's the bottom line. So, and it's all, and I, I learned that from personal experience up in Tennessee, a fall uh, cabin herd. I mean you got to have a good nutrition program, or you're you're not going to do very good. No, and, and I think it's, you know, I want to note too that, you know, we talk about this stuff, but just realize winter's hard on everybody, right? I mean, it's not just, not just the new guy. It's not just the guy that's got, you know, it, he might be the only one running a hundred cows. I mean, winter's hard on everybody and everything. And being in the Southeast in North Carolina, you know, we don't generally have harsh, harsh winters, but they're cold enough to where, I mean, it makes it tough. And if you don't have, like you said, if you don't have good forage, You'll know it quickly, uh, but you'll back yourself in the corner even quicker. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you take like a, I see it all the time, like the we look at high samples and, and things like that, and and uh, our state average is below the the hay that's put up on the samples that go to the lab, which is very unique. <clears throat> we get to look at all of them and, and kind of see, I mean, the average is below. Uh, that's the average across the state is below what will actually maintain an animal. I mean, with a calf or a cow with a calf. So, I mean, it shows you there's a lot of hay getting put up that's not good enough. So, like I said. And in my opinion. Yeah, it's something to think about. I mean. In my opinion, you tell me if, if you disagree or not, but it's one thing to buy hay from somebody and it not be the greatest quality because you can always move to another person that's got better quality hay. It's another thing we all, I, I feel sure I know in the Southeast, it is dang near impossible to find land to farm, you know, for hay or anything, even, even our farm, you know, even our, your row crop guys, it's hard to find land anymore because you've got apartments, you've got buildings, you've got cities just expanding like crazy. It's harder to, to me, it would be harder to make your own hay and know you have a low quality forage and fix that versus someone that's buying hay because the person to me that's buying hay can go elsewhere. Like I said, a second ago, they can go elsewhere and find maybe a better quality hay. I mean, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. I've always told folks that, you know, when you run the actual numbers, you're more probably cost effective to, if you've got like 50 cows or less, maybe even these days, a hundred or less to buy your own hay. Start to buy hay because of the equipment costs, et cetera. But the peace of mind knowing that 
like you're talking about, if you make your own hay, at least you kind of can help control the quality that you make. Uh, so I see that as an advantage to a smaller producer to go ahead and make their own hay. But uh, I, I mean, as far as cost effectiveness, I usually tell folks if you're 50 cows less, a lot of times it's it's going to be cheaper to buy hay. But then again, what's going to be available? You know, right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of you're kind of somebody else's mercy if you have a dry year you know yeah that, that's that's true like this last year that's fresh on everybody's mind how hard it was to buy hay uh really all in the, across the united states uh how high it was i mean there was reasons for it to be high other than just dry but obviously the the low uh yield really enhanced that so uh and again that's that's kind of a tough predicament to be in so like I said, it's a double-edged sword. It's hard to say one way or the other uh, which way is the best way to go as far as whether you make your own hay or buy it. But uh, it just depends on each situation. is very unique. Yeah, and the other thing is, you know, kind of the, one of the last points I have on this is, you know, you're talking about, you know, we're talking about input costs, how high they are. You know, being in equipment sales myself, I have watched these, you know, prices on stuff just skyrocket astronomically, just like everything else. And, I mean, if you've only got – 10 acres that, that you could probably mow, I would say don't, but go buy a bunch of hay equipment. I would have either, I would either pay somebody to cut that field or I would just probably give the field up and go buy some hay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's everybody's like Josh said, your, your, your situation is unique and you have to kind of weigh, weigh, weigh your options. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So kind of moving forward, uh, I guess we, I guess technically moving backward to the last episode, we had it with Robert Scott and, um, we've had a ton of discussions on Facebook, which I love. I love to see it. I know Jared loves to see it, especially, you know, when we get, you know, you get different people's opinions and not everybody's going to agree. And, you know, I, I just love seeing the differences in opinions. The biggest difference in opinion that, that I seen was on body condition scoring. Um, not necessarily, disagreeing on what that is but maybe how to get there yeah and, and i think that that subject matt the subject in itself of body condition scoring you know they've put me in classes before to to learn it and things like that and try to teach it and, and um the best way i can describe it is it's still it's not like a textbook like Damn, this is a set of numbers that you use uh, because there's some bias in that. Or I don't even know if that's the right word. I guess it's such an. It opinion. can be. Yeah, it's an opinion. Yeah, obviously that can be some bias there, but it's more of a. I've just seen so many different people talk different things about what a five is versus a seven or a nine, whatever, you know, the things to look at, which are some general rules you follow. But at the same time, it's still an opinion. Yes. Way. So when I say, Josh, I think your cow should be a six. Well, you might want to say what my six is versus when you say, well, no, I think your cows need to be in a five or maybe a seven or, or et cetera. Now, like I said, there's general rules to that, but I said it's still kind of in the eye of the beholder. So I think folks out there need to maybe understand, I hope they understand that when we're, when we're talking about body condition scoring that make sure that I guess if you're judging a set of cattle, make sure you're using the same set of parameters, I guess. Uh, right. 
which would be the same person doing the scoring across the whole board. Well, I think you made a good comment the other day that a lot of people tend to under judge cattle, I guess would be the word I'm looking for, you know, it more, more so than over. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that. Uh, because, and I've seen it go both ways too, but I typically see more people think, you know, that one's a, that one's a four or something like that when she's probably closer to a five or something. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with the differences in the numbers. If you're one, you know, if you're saying, if I'm saying she's a five and Jared's saying she's a six, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I put down here on, on our notes, why should it be important to us? Well, in my opinion, the, the main very number one reason that it is important is for, for them to breed back. I agree with that because, uh, you know, you always say, and we talked about it in the last episode, and we've talked about it even in the in the nutrition episode, and even in all the different episodes we've talked about, it kind of brings it up. But that body condition score is your guide to see where you're at and also let you know if your nutrition is working. Obviously, if you're going down and scoring, your nutrition is not keeping up with the demand that the cow needs. Uh, if you're going up, then you know you're you're at least giving excess because they're gaining. If they're staying the same, then you know you're you're kind of right at the on level playing because it goes back to what we're talking about with the efficiency. Uh, do you necessarily need a cow to gain extra body condition score? You know because it's costing you. I was it was put to me one time. You know, is it worth the money to take them from a six to a seven? When they don't need to be, you know, because they're right. if they're gaining weight, then they're having excess, I guess. Especially if you're supplementing. Now, if they're on grass and they're gaining body condition score, there ain't nothing you do about that. That just means you got things are going good. I'm I'm saying if you're if you're uh, going from a six to a seven and you're feeding them, not necessarily, uh, not necessarily say that that's exactly what you have to do, especially on a cow. Uh, that's one thing when you're getting a heifer ready for a sale or getting a heifer, you know, uh, growing out replacement heifers, bulls, et cetera, because you want to take them up to a level that they're just to go into a changing environment. And and Robert made a point to that uh, in the last episode. But if you're running a herd of cows, there's no sense in, if you're at a body score of five or six, there's no sense in those supplementing those cows if you're staying at that plane, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, and and you made a good point a little bit ago, right before uh, we started this episode, that um, talking about a bred cow or bred heifer may look a lot bigger than she really is. Yeah, well, that's funny we was talking about that uh, too, because you go out there and body consistent score a heifer the day before she calves, you're thinking, dang, she's a five, she may be a six. You know, she's starting to, she looks pretty good. They fooled me several times. And then you go out there the next day, she's just had a calf and plum gooded and, <laughs> and you're waiting for her to get filled back up. And you're like, ah, dang, she may be a four and a half, you know, or something. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then, you know, then supplementing really comes into play at that point, yeah, so especially if she's a heifer. So you're, uh, and you're thinking, well, I thought I was ahead of the eight ball, but now I'm, I may be behind. Uh, so I look at that as they can fool you, uh, especially when they're bred and have that belly blowed out you know kind of uh 
that's what it'll do is it'll hide those ribs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's important for people to know, especially the newer, you know, we, we try to focus some on the newer folks too, is if you're not used to seeing that, it's going to take you a few times to learn how to see it because they, I mean, they'll still fool us every now and then. I, I guarantee you we could have anybody on here, the most experienced person with cattle. And I guarantee you, they still get fooled every now and then. So to me, my best advice to give you on the body condition score is, you know, go to a university, either a website, maybe go to a class, uh, you know, in person uh, or something like that and get, you know, I've been to some where they actually have the cattle there. Everybody kind of does a practice round of, of doing their score. And then they obviously the educator will say, well, this is what I think. And then have a discussion about it. And that way you kind of learn different things to, to look at. I guess if I'm going to kind of give some advice over a podcast, my advice would be to look at where fat deposits are. Uh, you know, if you're getting fat deposits, a lot of times that's going to be easier to see on something like you're talking about, like a bread heifer, you know, she may be full and, and got that extension and tightness to her, you know, that, that kind of hides some of the, the ribs. But if you don't have any fat across the top of the backbone or, or around the tail head or in the brisket, you know that she's, she's running pretty lean. So uh, that's something to look at. Well, and have people come look. I mean, like we've talked about before in this breed, anybody, you know, especially somebody close or, you know, we've got a sale over this way in July. Y'all said y'all are coming down and it's always good to have someone, um, else look at your cattle. You know, we, we preach that a lot, but it, it truly is always really good to have that. And it's good to go see other people's cattle because then you can get a comparison. I'm pretty sure Steve Emmons was one of the, uh, ones that said it the most when, when we did his episode was get out and see people, because that's the only way that you're going to know where your cattle it is. I, I, I agree with that. And that actually would probably be what we could call a third point, you know, what you're talking about with Steve's episode. But yeah, get out and see see other people's cattle, but definitely get other people to come see your cattle if you can. Uh, I always call it a barn, barn blindness. You know, you see yours every day and you think that they're a certain, maybe even a standard or we're talking about body condition. So get somebody out to look at them and say, what do you think these are scoring, you know? you know get get another opinion get uh get you i don't know if i'd say go get your local feed guy out there because he might say well you need to get him some more feed yeah but you know, get an, everybody's got an extension agent around or, or something or a specialist or or just some buddies that are in the cattle business to kind of come look and, and talk it over and if you're new to the business that's for sure that's going to be number one of the first things you need to do uh to evaluate your herd is as have other people lay eyes on them and, and get some opinions and they don't have to be a purebred breeder. I think it's important to note there's some commercial guys that've been around for, I mean, dec you know, what seems like decades, and they're probably they're just, more experienced they're, than anybody yeah. else. And, and that's and that kind of that's actually probably a point we haven't talked about a whole lot on here anyway. Is uh, yeah, get them commercial guys that get them out there and look at your cattle and and uh, get their opinions and let them tell you what may be working or not working. You know what I'm saying? Cause they're the ones that's going to be buying these bulls. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't like them, then if they don't like them, uh, in trouble. I'm saying I wouldn't <laughs> say just one person, but you know, if you have, if you have people repeatedly coming by that are commercial buyers tell you, no, this ain't gonna work. Uh, I don't know. It tells you it's time to change something. 
Well, maybe something to change, or at least uh, maybe change where you're marketing your cattle. I, yeah. I at least you get that you get that that opinion, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you a hundred percent. It's important to because at the end of the day, like we always say, that's who's. I mean, that's our end market right there. I mean, your right. place in market, but our a commercial guy for us is to truly our end market. Yeah, and they know cattle. That's the thing. Commercial folks know cattle because that's how they make their living. Or at least trying to make a living. Yes. So. Yeah, and they, they don't, you know, they're going to cull just like we do. It just may be a little different process. Um, but, but yeah, you're right. It's just, I mean, that they probably know cattle more better than a lot of purebred guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that takes their, goes back to the pocketbook. That's it. That's it. But we'd love to hear everyone's opinions on body condition score and, and what we talked about on this episode little more of just a conversation versus an interview we're going to try to do some mix some more of these in it's a little different for us but we're going to try it and and just see what happens y'all just have to let us know how you like it um but always you know always tell us what you think about it yeah i guess it gives our opinion in there whether that may may be good or bad i don't know (laughs) people might not like it but that's okay it'll put more conversation in here and we can get them on here to talk about it that's right you know if you, you hear the episode and don't agree with something or want to discuss something not necessarily disagree but uh you know let us know that way we can we can discuss it on here and do more of that and have more discussion time uh about different things because uh, we, we always like to interview folks but at the same time uh sometimes that's not always an option in every episode so no it's fun and and just like this it's it's fun just to talk and and just have a conversation sometimes so uh we're completely out of time tonight but uh jared it's been fun and we'll do some more of these and uh y'all have fun be careful coming home and uh y'all enjoy your night all right yeah i'm about ready for bed it's been a long day (laughs) it's been a long day and a long night y'all have a good night see you on next episode all right see well we want to thank everybody for listening to the beef master banner podcast uh please know that we are on apple podcast spotify and we are on youtube just search Beefmaster Banner. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe. We love hearing from you, um, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.